The Athletic. Totally Football Show European Edition Special Euro Semi-Final Edition from Madrid to Milan to Manchester to the Municipality of Alkmaar as Cups reach the last four we ask who'll get an encore who'll get shown the door who'll ship four in the first half against Bayer Leverkusen we look ahead to all of that round up the week's headlines and check in on PSG as they prepare to get merciless and messiless all that and more in this Totally Football Show What's this? Monday the 8th of May. That's right, listener. We're up extra early with your Euro pod because it's an extra special week, to be frank. Got the usual lineup though, for you. Julian Laurence. All right. Bonjour. Hey, Jules. Alvaro Romeo. Buenos dias. Rafael Honigstein. Hello. And James Horncastle. Hello. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, it is a big week, isn't it? James and Rafa, of course, you're about to depart for a kind of Euro jaunt that's going to end up with you both at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome on Thursday. Yeah. Wow. Super excited. Yeah, I for mean, sure. James's uh, restaurant recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Legendary. Yeah. Right. The guy who okay. went to a restaurant but didn't eat the food. Didn't eat the food. So, and still feels he can judge it. Okay. It's okay. Let's chat restaurants. Not like there's a lot of football to talk about <laughs> this week. Jules? Yes, I'll be in Madrid tomorrow nice. for the Real Madrid City game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Should be good. And then Milan Wednesday? No, I'll do Milan for the second leg. So, oh, okay. yeah, I'll do Milan and then Manchester for the second leg. Poof, eh? Yeah. Wow. We're going to go on a bit of a journey, listener. You and I, Alvaro, as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not too busy this week. No? This week, I'll be covering this game for UEFA. Okay. Uh, oh, Manchester nice. City, Real Madrid. But, uh, you know, looking forward to it. I think that uh, there is a... It's probably the best game in the world right now. Do you think Real Madrid, so? Manchester City, I really do. Do you think so? Definitely, what? 100%. I don't know. We'll be yeah. debating that issue. When you say doing it for wafer, radio commentary. It's a ah, communion. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for wafer. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> we'll be paid in biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Hey, uh, let's introduce the once journalistic, now semi comedy moment of the week that is moments of the week. Rafa. Oh, look, Serdan's here. Uh, Serdan says, I'll give Rafa a hand. Schalke's 90 plus 12th minute penalty against Mainz. Yes. He pretends that he three. had that one in the bag. Thank you, Serdan. I had nothing prepared, but I will go with that. Well, tell, tell us about the context Thanks of this key, key moment in the relegation battle. So Schalke, we're going to Mainz. Mainz is one of the informed teams of the second half of the season. With, They're uh, dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. Dangerous. Mainz uh, moment of the and weekend. And not so simple to play against. Um, they, they're really good, but Schalke were resilient and Schalke up until the last minute or even beyond the last minute kept fighting. And in the 95th minute, uh, referee on advice of VAR gave a penalty, Cassie pulling the shirt of Marius Bülter. Then huge controversy, seven minutes of deliberations and then the 12th minute of injury time, Marius Bülter himself putting paid to that German superstition where you shouldn't take a penalty if you've been the fouled player, mm. uh, took the pen, scored, and Schalke all of a sudden looked very, very good when it comes to surviving the draw. Marius Bülter gegen Robin Sentner. Kurz verzögert, läuft an, schießt, Tor! Huge, huge result. Also for Mainz, because Mainz were going strong 
for a European place, possibly. Right. Schalke are now two points above the relegation playoff place, which is now held by Stuttgart, but they're level on points with Borkum, just ahead on goal difference. Borkum in the bottom two with Hertha Berlin. I would have thought that superstition, that penalty superstition, that's that's not just a German thing. Would no, it's a, I remember everywhere. starting playing football at four years old and the coach said, if the fight is on you, don't take the pen. Mm. I still remember exactly the day. There you go. Yeah. What's your moment of the weekend then, Jules? So the obvious one would have been maybe something from the last Marseille game or especially the very incredible uh, Lyon-Montpellier game. But instead, because... It's Messi's apology. It's, it could be Messi's apology and that dodgy lighting and dodgy suit and dodgy video overall. But no, I, I decided to go for Remy Cabela, who uh, maybe in this season, maybe, uh, missed not just a sitter, but missed... Uh, a 0.96 expected goals mm. chance, which is something that you very rarely see. He's literally, the line is is just here, just in front of him. There's nobody, the ball comes Jules from the right gesturing side. right in front of him. Yeah. Yep. And then he somehow manages to not score and the ball bounces How off Jules? his leg. How? I think he takes it with the heels of his left foot instead of the inside of his left foot to just just put it in the goal. It's just there. So instead he goes, he goes on the side towards the goalkeeper and the post. And then misses what is Sony. We looked and an Opta in France looked as well. We, it looks like it is the highest XG miss miss ever of all time. Yeah, since since Opta collected the XG uh, statistics. Wow, got to check that out. Zero nine. Do you know? I haven't seen. I didn't watch Messi's apology. What was the issue with the lighting and the suit? It's a dark room. It's really strange. The suit is is a horrible suit. And the apology is sincere. You could tell it's nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think the setup could have been much better. Yeah, it felt very work at home <laughs> during the pandemic, kind of. He's got a suit jacket on, but you don't know what's... You don't know. You don't yeah. know if he's... Exactly. <laughs> it's not his best uh, skill, dressing, I mean. Because, right. for example, when... Uh, and lightning. He, when he, yeah, neither. Uh, I remember when he talked to Ruben Oria um, for Gold.com when he said that he wanted to leave Barcelona and mm. at the end he was staying because he had to stay summer 2020 or 2021. Was was the, the, the Burofax. The Burofax yeah. yeah. time, yeah. Uh, he was in shorts as well, in wearing flip-flops. Yeah, what, yeah. what a thing. Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you have to keep some manners. Look at, for example, um, how... Canavaro, for example, was mm. at Real Madrid presentation wearing an impeccable suit after, we after winning the World Cup. You know, Not there are levels and levels. <laughs> Not Cassano. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Alvaro, why don't you give us your moment of the weekend? There has been only one game, and it's been very important. All right. Real Madrid has won the Spanish Cup. Mm. It wasn't easy, but they won their 20th Spanish Cup. No se ha ido, no se ha ido. Remata Tony Cross. El balón es para Rodrigo. Gol, 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 gol. Maybe Rodrigo was uh, the guy who, who scored the two goals, but Vinicius was certainly oh, really? the guy who was triggering things. But Real Madrid, after having ticked this box, now they are facing Manchester City, you know, with the title behind them already. Biggest game anywhere in the world, I would call that. I mean it. <laughs> okay. I really think that there is no bigger game than Real Madrid-Manchester City right All now. All right. Okay. James might have a, another view on that, but what's your moment of the weekend, James Horncastle? Well, I think you've probably seen things that would make most people <laughs> go blind, James, in Naples <laughs> over the last few days. Why? Well, I'm talking generally, you know, because... Make the things that have <laughs> make people go blind. What, like a pizza with ananas? Well, there's that. Oh. There's a great YouTube video about no, but uh, there's, someone there's... taking 
pizza with pineapple to various Neapolitans and the reaction that they give. Um, but, you know, just the debauchery in Naples after oh, I see. the title win. Right. I mean, there was a actor and comic from the city who honored a bet where he would go around naked mm. um, with just a pan of pasta and potatoes uh, in the event that <laughs> Napoli won the Scudetto. So you had him going around with this sort of little pan as like a as like a fig leaf. Oh, a pan of pasta and potato. Yeah. Was it um, al dente? <laughs> <laughs> then you had this incredible kind of boat. Did you see the oh, boat yeah, that was lights. going around? And see the boat. A boat, with the lights, yeah. a boat on wheels with all these LEDs, <laughs> which is just kind of mad. And... Yeah, and then you obviously had the... Was that in Naples or in Spain? <laughs> <laughs> Good question, because the fireworks. Yeah. Were they yeah. at I mean, New Year? So impressive. I, I posted that, man. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's easily done. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, you get the great. usable chances on social media just doing it for engagement, you know, yeah. fake, fake news and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Did the Scudetto really happen? Was it one just one big deep fake? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. I mean, great uh, atmosphere, James, at uh, the weekend for mm-hmm. Fiorentina Napoli, which we did on BT Sports. Yep. Um, the drone shots of the oh, yeah. Stadio Diego, Armando Maradona with yeah. the crowd outside, those red flares uh, going off. Then the trophy lift at the end, Paolo, directed by Paolo Sorrentino, the mm. Oscar-winning film director, which was all very nice. Um, even seeing De Laurentiis kind of uh, get a little bit teared up uh, as well. Just, yeah. What an Great. incredible Do you know it's yeah. 33 years since Napoli won right. the league? Yeah. And the last guy to do it was Diego Maradona. <laughs> That's incredible. It is amazing. Why are you here, James? <laughs> 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 Bring that nuance. Diego Maradona. Loads more uh, <laughs> drone about Napoli. <laughs> to come, but we're going to kick things off today with some Champions League semi-final chat. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Peter Drury. That's right. Last season at the Bernabeu, Real Madrid against Man City went 5-3 down on aggregate. With time almost up, the Merengues win the tie 6-5 on aggregate. As predicted by uh, a fellow named James Horncastle. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you've heard of him. Maybe. somehow. He's yeah. going to pretend that he doesn't really want to brag, but we know. Right. Well, how much has that extraordinary finale been on Pep's mind for the last 12 months? What do you think? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the fact that he's been playing with four centre-backs in the Champions League uh, is a response, perhaps, to how fast the Champions League games can change. Mm. But I think that this is a totally different season with a totally different player like uh, Erling Haaland, who wouldn't have missed the ones that, for example, Jack Grealish missed at Santiago Bernabeu last year. Well, I don't know. Did you see him against Leeds? I saw him. I saw him, yes. Uh, the good thing about Haaland is that he misses and automatically he wants to have another chance. Right. I have seen some other strikers that miss and uh, they don't want to see the ball again. Uh, Haaland is of the, of the same nature as Luis Suarez, for example, optimistic strikers who forget about the past very quickly and they want to move on. So he's the major danger of uh, Manchester City. 
Is that what the Spanish are really worrying about? It's the first time yeah. Real Madrid have faced Erling Holland in any competition. Definitely, yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing with this game is that Erling Holland is a factor, but nothing that uh, will happen in the game will surprise me personally. If Real mm. Madrid wins, if there is a draw, if there are many goals, or if Manchester City wins, because there are narratives for every, possible, every possibility, uh, from the Bernabeu factor to the Vinicius factor to the Haaland factor to Pep Guardiola bottling it at Santiago Bernabeu, he does. There are so many, so many explanations that are there, are there up for grabs. For example, in the Milan-Inter, I expect probably a tighter game, less goals, but in the Real Madrid-Manchester City, anything could happen. And I think that Manchester City is a top side right now, 10 wins in a row in the Premier League, but, but they've got vulnerabilities. For example, the other day, yeah, it's true, the other day, uh, Gundogan, it. Gundogan missed the penalty, and automatically... Uh, Leeds United scored the goal, and it looked like Manchester City could lose that game. There is like a, they are prone to a little bit of vulnerability sometimes. But do uh, Real Madrid, more in the past than before. But do Real Madrid have a coach like Sam Allardyce? Oh. One of uh, the greatest. In one the of the greats. Uh, nobody knows more than uh, Carlo Ancelotti neither. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, in terms oh. of knowledge, the depth of his knowledge yeah. can mm. be uncomparable. But I really think that this, uh, this game, as I said before, is uh, going to be played with... Uh, Number one, plenty of brain by Pep Guardiola. Mm -hmm. Probably he will think about Vinicius, play Walker. Probably he will try to stop that uh, wave of football that Real Madrid tends to have at Santiago Bernabeu at the beginning of the games. But on the other hand, I think the, on the other hand, I think the passion is going to play a part because Real Madrid has also the players to play with a little bit of passion, physicality quick players up front. Uh, Vinicius again will be the plan. Uh, that is a blessing for Real Madrid. But it's a course for them because they can become predictable if Vinicius doesn't have a good day. But yeah, I'm expecting the best. I think that this is the best game we can see right now. It's like Schrodinger's cat, but if he had seven cats in the box, you don't know yeah. which of them is going to be alive or dead. That's the, yeah. that's the way I'm describing it, Alvaro, from your words. Uh, you mentioned there Vinicius, one of the scariest things in football, I imagine, trying to defend him when he gets to the goal line. and then he's, the, the other probably scariest thing in football, apart from Holland, will be the fellow doing exactly the same thing on the other side, Rodrigo, who's on absolute fire at the moment with a brace again this weekend in the Copa del Rey. Yeah, uh, Rodrigo is a funny player because uh, I think he, he still has way better numbers, uh, goal average in the Champions League than in La Liga even though this is his best ever scoring season. Uh, he's uh, more subtle than Vinicius. He gets the ball less. I think that uh, also he's, uh, he's more selective during the game, whereas Vinicius is wilder. He gets the ball all the time. He tries to um, dribble past players. But yeah, I think that Rodrigo will be one of these players who can make the difference. A year ago, we were talking about Real Madrid playing with a 4-4-2 because uh, Fede Valverde plus three midfielders were needed. Mm. Right now, Rodrigo is playing so well that he has earned himself you know, the right to say that he, he should start in this game. But uh, going back to Vinicius again, I think that it's a little bit unprecedented uh, what we have seen uh, with Vinicius this season, definitely in Real Madrid, because he's a player who is relentless and he's still sprinting full speed at 90 minutes of the game. The other day against Osasuna, he killed the game himself dribbling past Peña, Moncayola in very tight spaces. And I think that there is a very iconic image of Vinicius this season, which is him just getting to the byline after dribbling past as many as he has to, mm. and then lifting his head a little bit, looking for Benzema or looking for the player in the second post. And he has done 
that so much this season that I can see Kyle Walker starting this game because he's actually one of these players, one of the few players who can actually match him in terms of speed. And, uh, you know, they will have to be very wary of him. Wow. Anybody got a call on this one? Jules? I think Militao being suspended is a huge blow yep. for Real Madrid mm -hmm. to start with. I think the second leg being in at the Etihad is, a, is huge too. Um, I personally... I know Vinicius is a big, big factor. I think you know how much I love um, Benzema, of course. I just cannot see, unless there's another miracle like last season, I don't see how City doesn't qualify for the final. I just, I just think that as great as this Real Madrid team is and they can play and they can press, but they don't play and press like City. And I think if, if City play like they have been playing now, and I know they'll be vulnerable and they concede the odd goal there and there, um, I think it's going to be very hard for Real Madrid to beat them over the two legs and that's why for me City are favourite not hugely favourite but they are still favourite in the, in, the, in the tie James <laughs> <laughs> what can you see <laughs> <laughs> this time I've already made my prediction for this season's tournament which is, oh, which is Inter. Inter meeting who in the final Man City I didn't I didn't say ah, okay. I think well I think I said it yeah. was Real Madrid in the final Real Madrid yeah I did okay. and you, you stand by that now well, because City have to play against, yes, 11 Real Madrid players plus five substitutes and everyone who's ever played for Real Madrid because they somehow reappear at the Bernabeu on match day. And, you know, it matters. So, you know, I'm sure Pep will be overthinking about, you know, how does he stop Vinicius, Benzema, but what about Raul? What about the original Ronaldo? Mm. What about Butragueño? Uh, the, the Stefano over there. The Stefano. Maybe dangerous. Yeah. So, Dixie Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in that, in that sense, you know, I mean, this tie could be done in the first leg, James. Really? <laughs> a, a couple of things. Uh, Guardiola said on Friday that his players are very tired. I don't know if these are mind games or not. Uh, he had to rotate against Leeds United and mm. he rotated six potential starters. Real Madrid didn't rotate anyone mm. against Osasuna. Maybe, you know, uh, the ex exhaustion, uh, knackerness could play mm. a part in this game. Uh, even though it's very good that Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne and many more uh, didn't play full 90 minutes on Saturday. And another thing that I would like to flag is the quality of the goalkeepers. Ederson is pivotal for Manchester City. His distribution is so important. He rarely misses a pass. But if there is a goalkeeper who makes miracles, it's not Ederson. The one who makes the miracles is Thibaut Courtois. So I think that there is a difference in the quality of the goalkeepers. Rafa. Every year I think there's no way that City cannot win this Champions League. And every year, somehow, they find a way of not winning. But I think Pep's running out of options not to win. I think he'll, uh, he'll do it this year. OK. Rafa, a quick Real Madrid-Jude-Bellingham update. Anything to, to mention there? Uh, nothing new that I've heard. Uh, Dortmund are still waiting for somebody to actually call them and tell them what they want to do. Uh, there seems to be a lot of sort of jockeying for position in advance of this negotiation actually happening. Uh, with the, the big narrative coming out of Spain that they will not pay crazy money and uh, Bellingham is prepared to pay to get a lot less money than he would get elsewhere. But um, we'll see. They have very good relations, um, Florentino Perez and uh, Hans-Joachim Watzke. But Dortmund will not sell, will not sell for cheap, so... Hmm. Let's see. All right, well, Real Madrid, Man City on the Tuesday. Enough to make this an extremely rich midweek in football terms on its own. But lo, the very next night, we've got the Euro Derby in Milan. Well, let's talk about that next. 
This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScore Bet. With Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL, and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners, and whether there'll be a red card, then use Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScoreBet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. All right, Milan Inter. 2002-3, semi-finals. Milan going through on away goals. 2004-5, quarter-finals. The Flares, yeah, Matarazzi. With his Maggio. elbow on, Ricoch's shoulders there. Eh? I don't remember what happened in the game, but just that. <laughs> just that. Esteban Cambiaso had a goal disallowed. Yeah. Which then provoked the Flares being thrown and the game being called off. Boom. And so Milan went through. Madness. What's going to happen this time? Well, both teams are hitting form. Inter especially, a James Horncastle. Five wins in a row for the Nerazzurri in all competitions. Mm. They beat Lazio. They beat Verona 6-0. And then this weekend, they beat their old friend Jose Mourinho 2-0. Yeah. Jose applauding the Interisti, mm. uh, who were there, blowing kisses as well nice. uh, to his people. Uh, but he's tired, Jose, isn't he? He said he's tired. He has to... Much more than just being a manager, no? He is tired. There's, there is more to life, <laughs> Jules, as you know. Uh, a man of many podcasts. You must, you must get exhausted. Um, but, yeah, Inter, it's almost like they were unlucky uh, when they were going through that bad patch because uh, they used to create lots and lots of chances and somehow well, their strikers didn't take those chances. And guess what? Now they are. Mm. And... It certainly put them in a very good position to qualify for the Champions League next year. They can't get complacent because Milan are still behind them in the league. Um, but certainly, I think if you'd asked Inzaghi what kind of state would you like Inter to go into these games in, they're in exactly the right state of mind, also fitness as well. Because I think one of the things that's held Inter back over the spring was that some of their best players, or even just their bench players, who could allow Inzaghi to rotate, were not fully fit. They'd often get injured, have a relapse. Lukaku, for example. And now all of these guys are fit at exactly the right time. And it allows him to keep the team fresh while still winning. And I think Inzaghi's got a bit of a headache going into this game because yeah, the way he's switched his team around... It leads you to believe that he's kind of saving Edin Dzeko 
for you know Coppa Italia semi-final, which they progressed through to get to the Coppa Italia final, um, and for these Champions League games. But the way Lukaku is playing and the way he's combining with Lautaro, uh, which kind of brings back memories of how well they played when they were playing under Conte rather than under Inzaghi, um, it, it makes it very difficult for him to leave out Lukaku uh, right now. Mm. Um, so, but you know we we all know the. Uh, Football heritage, James. Football heritage. Rafael Leao was Yeah, and so Salt. Milan have always progressed in the Champions League when it's been a Eudo Derby. Mm, never lost an Italian title in the Champions League in seven matches. Yeah, and yeah, if you go back to last season, yeah. their first Scudetto since 2011, a lot of things hinged on this game, this rivalry, mm. and Milan prevailed in it. But, yeah, but this season, it's very much been into. We've had the edge. It hasn't. You know, I know Alvaro was saying that it's going to be a tight game, and certainly in '03 and '05, they were tight games. Mm. They were one ones and nil nils. And but the recent history of this derby is it's four threes, it's four twos, and uh, and you know often. I mean, last year, for example, it was Inter dominating for an hour. Inzaghi making substitutions. Oh, God, I've got this wrong. And Giroud uh, popping up and scoring and winning it for, for Milan. This season, that was still the case in the first Madonina. And then since the Super Cup in Riyadh, where Inter floored uh, Milan, and then in the next derby as well, floored them again. Um, it kind of sent Milan into a bit of a twist. You know, Remember, they went through that phase of uh, changing formation. They played a back three. And to be honest, that did get them through against Spurs. But now they've gone back to the Milan of old, the team that won the league. And I'm kind of quite interested to see whether we get a kind of more a game that's similar to last year in its competitiveness rather than the one-sided recent derbies of this season. On the subject of fitness for Milan, in their 2-0 victory at the weekend over Lazio, Rafa Liao going off injured, a thigh complaint. <laughs> Yeah, and he's not a player who gets injured, uh, James. So Milan have said it was a precautionary measure to take him off, but it's still a concern. It's a muscle injury. Mm. Um, going into a you know, big 10 days um, for the club. Kind and, of game as well that you'd really look to him to make a difference in. And he's, he's been amazing in, mm. in this fixture over the last couple of years. And also you think of... Uh, the games against Napoli in their Champions League quarterfinals. Milan are a very different side when he doesn't play. You know, when often when they've rotated, like for example, you, the, the Cremonese games where they took two points from six, which may cost them Champions League qualification for next season. Pioli decided to rest the player, and uh, they they couldn't beat them. And you know, I mean, you go back to the, I think the first derby of the season, which it was one of the derbies anyway. There's a lot of doubts around Pioli, remember, because he, he, he dropped Leal for it. And it was like, what are you doing? You cannot afford to drop a player this good. And so the prospect of them being without him is worrying, mm. although they're, they're hoping that he'll be, he'll be fit. Teo Hernandez also hitting form again and uh, pulling off a magnificent 80-yard dash for his goal against Lazio the weekend. Yeah, again, which is what he does. I mean, he won the Puskas Award uh, doing exactly that against Atalanta. Um, last season uh, this is his other contender for that award he probably wants to go back to back on it but yeah I mean Teo has everything to be the best fullback in the world um, on his day but then again Inter's fullback Federico Di Marco in, in, at the moment Di Marco is playing very well um, 
I think he's got what more goals or assists for for a fullback this season than um, any other defender in the top five leagues. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Di Marco's doing well. So, you know, it's good to see that both of these teams are in back. good form. Good. Yeah. Well, back. Yes. Back. Calcio is back. Calcio is back. Fabio. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, it is, isn't it? You've got two semi-finalists in the Champions League, a semi-finalist in each of the other uh, competitions as well, which we'll be talking about uh, next. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Sports Podcast Awards Soccer Podcast of the Year. There's a choice of viewing on Thursday evening in European competitions with the Europa League semi-finals and Europa Conference League semi-finals. In the Europa League, Roma taking on Bayern Leverkusen at the Stadio Olimpico, while in Turin, Juventus play Seville. Which one should we watch? Ah, Roma Leverkusen, yeah. no? Yeah. Because it's Jose really? yeah. against we're watching. <laughs> Right. The man who he tipped in 2019 to be a coaching great. Let's have a listen. Xabi Alonso, his father was a manager, so he grew up similar to me. He was born with the father player, he grew up with the father manager, and he was coached by Guardiola in uh, Bayern, by myself in Real Madrid, by Ancelotti in Real Madrid, by Benitez in Liverpool. So I think if you put all this together, I think Xavi has conditions to to be a very good coach. Master and apprentice. By Leverkusen, Xavi Alonso with an incredible run, faltering a little bit of late, Rafa, but their, their work's been done. Still been an incredible run. I think since he took over, only Bayern and Borussia have got better records in, or taken more points in the Bundesliga. Are they favourites to go through in this tie? Mm, I don't think there's much in this tie. 
James would be in a better position to judge how well Roma are playing at the moment. But Leverkusen have found stability. That defeat on Friday night against Köln, which brought that fantastic run to an end after 14 unbeaten. They still look like a side that um, have now found the kind of structure and togetherness that had evaded them for for quite a while. They were, of course, top four last year, so there's real talent in the squad, especially the, the French guys up front. They're really, really good. But Alonso's been able to solidify the defence, which is kind of the key. And you have players who haven't really performed all that well in recent years, suddenly playing the best football, Jonathan Tarr, for example, ex-Germany international, uh, which shows you just how how good his work has been. I think if they manage to get Roma, even though it's Jose, to play a little bit and play on the break, then they have future opportunities. Mm. As they saw, as we saw. Good against, luck with that. Yes, we saw against, <laughs> That's not uh, the plan. As we saw against Union uh, Gilois, they had to come up because they took the lead in that second leg. So, uh, of course, the the score does does change the dynamic. But if you give them space, they will really hurt you. Mm. Okay. Roma are hurting plenty already, of course, with the number of injuries they've got going into this game. And equally painful, their track record of late, winless in four. James? Ordinarily, I'd back Mourinho in a game like this. Hmm. But I think even he, judging by his manner Hmm. over the last 10 days, he seems concerned um, because Roma being refereed by the worst referees ever. He wore a wire for his (laughs) midweek game. This is brilliant because there was this incident when Roma it's played like, Cremonese. Like Ray Liotta in Godfellas, man. Yeah. Like he's obsessed yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, driving to the Olympico looking at the helicopter yeah, exactly. above him. Um, but no, he, he claimed uh, the fourth official said something to him. Uh, and uh, and then Jose got banned. So mm. he wants to wear this wire for protection mm. uh, against what the referees are saying to him. Uh, but yeah, against Monza in midweek, um, they took the lead and they couldn't hold on to it. They drew um, and the referee was the worst ever. Um, he had a kind of mic drop moment um, after the intergame because on the back of his comments about uh, Kifi, the referee in midweek, uh, Renzo Olivieri, the head of the League Managers Association in Italy, said Jose's comments were unacceptable. And uh, Jose... Uh, after losing to Inter, um, basically brought this up unprovoked and said, um, you know, it gives me great pleasure that uh, I'm considered unacceptable by someone who was banned for three years in a betting scandal. And at that point, even the people who were, com- uh, who were interviewing were like, what? what was he talking about? And so, like, they had to go and do their research and found Jose had actually looked into Olivieri's background, which does involve this band, which happened in the late 80s. Um, so, Jose's ability. He was cleared as well, wasn't he? After a year or something. It's just, it just extraordinary from, uh, from, from Mourinho. But, Come at the king. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He better, like Cassano this year as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, injuries are piling up. So, this mm. four match winless run, it coincides with Smaldini. Mm. Being Chris being out, mm. um, Dybala has obviously not been uh, not been playing of late. They're kind of hoping that he'll be he'll be fit. Um, yeah, and Jose's having to play these kids um, or guys that they've signed from Olympiacos in midfield means poor poor Matic, 
Matic is still playing, listeners. Um, actually playing very well in, in Italy. Um, he's having to play every game at the moment. Cristante usually plays in that midfield role so that um, Matic can go and pick up his pension on Tuesdays. Will he, um, go, Chris- with, <laughs> will he go with Cristante in this semi-automatic? <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, I think he probably will, James. Right, right. okay. I think he probably will. Right. But ordinarily, I back uh, Mourinho and the atmosphere that uh, there will be at the Olympico on uh, on Thursday, where it'll be sold out again. But these injuries do make me a little bit doubtful because otherwise, we I, I would be backing a Roma of the two Italian teams left in the Europa League to to make the final in Ooh. Budapest. The other one being Juventus, who are taking on Sevilla. That same evening, Sevilla, fresh from a 3-2 win against Espanyol, Alvaro, and they have some history in this competition, no? A little bit, yeah. In fact, it's weird to think that Juventus hasn't won a European title in 27 years, since 1996, and Sevilla has won six in the 21st Ooh. century. But yeah, that's reality. That's the way it is. Uh, I think that uh, in the previous game, uh, Roma, Bayer Leverkusen, and this one, there are three sides who are also fighting for the Champions League. And I, I don't know if that is going to give them an extra an extra gear because uh, Roma will possibly not qualify for the Champions League. Bayer Leverkusen is eight points away from the fourth spot mm. and Sevilla is definitely not qualifying for the Champions League. Right. If they win the Europa League, they are there the next year. Mm. So this can play a little factor. But um, I think that it's going to be difficult for Sevilla to travel to Juventus ground. At the same time, the second leg is at home and that has proven pivotal, definitely against Manchester United. And this Sevilla side is resilient. They haven't played in the weekend. Uh, with Mendilibar, they have scored uh, three goals in the last five minutes of the game. So Mendilibar has been there for about two months. So it tells you that uh, after the 90th minute, this Sevilla is still pretty competitive. And uh, I'm expecting uh, Sevilla to put a good uh, performance there. Little by little, the squad is more completed because many players who have been injured are back. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the Ocampos and Brian Hill signings uh, in the uh, January transfer window helped Sevilla a lot because they didn't have a lot of pace. And now suddenly they've got a fast player on the left, Brian Hill, and another one who is not that fast, but who is definitely uh, very electric, like uh, Lucas Ocampos on the right. And these players can also make the difference for Sevilla. I think Juventus, according to the bookmakers and according to many, is the favorite for this game, but I wouldn't be too sure about that. I see. And what do you think, James? Juventus, who'd been on a real wobble uh, before this last week, uh, coming up with the victories midweek against Lecce 2-1. And then, and this was impressive, at the weekend going to Bergamo and beating Atalanta, their top four rivals, 2-0 with with Dusan Vlajevic now looking like Dusan Vlajevic again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dusan, who uh, had gone... Uh, 10 league games uh, mm. without scoring. Has been picking up some goals, proper goals against uh, Lecce and against Atalanta. And going to Bergamo and win was pretty impressive because Atalanta had won five of their last seven games. They have got everyone looking over their shoulders uh, who are in the top four, want to be in the top four. So that was that was pretty impressive. And, and yeah, I mean... Juventus' record at the Allianz so far this season, it's been pretty good, uh, even though they lost to Monza and obviously lost in stoppage time mm. to Napoli, although that was pretty controversial considering Di Maria's goal was disallowed. So, you know, I mean, Allegri has got this team to European finals before in 2015, 2017. 
two teams that beat them on those occasions were Spanish, uh, Barcelona and, and Real Madrid. Um, but, you know, as much as this is Sevilla's competition, you look at the kind of crisis that uh, Sevilla have had this season, I think it's probably only surpassed by <laughs> the crisis at Juventus this season in terms of all the turbulence and instability that they've uh, they've had to face. For Juve, it always depends on, okay, now they've got a striker scoring, which is welcome, but if Di Maria is fit and Di, Di Maria performs... Di Maria in the big games this season has been the difference. He's, he's, he can be unplayable. He's been phenomenal in the Europa League. I think yeah. Kikas has scored, I was checking the numbers, four goals in the Serie A and mm -hmm. four goals in the Europa League. Wow. But Kikas played how many games in the Europa League? Four at best, yeah. right? It's been incredible, really. Mm. His performances have been really good in that competition. Did Maria make the difference Thursday night? Yeah, if, if he plays. I mean, if he plays. Um, which, you know, isn't a given because... He sort of turned his ankle in training before Juve played Bologna. Um, and, you know, I think some people thought he was still fit enough to make the squad. But I think when he found out he wasn't going to be in the starting 11, <laughs> all of a sudden he didn't travel. So this is some of the stuff that Allegri is having to deal with at the moment. That's Thursday night. There's other action on Thursday night in the Conference League. But you know what, Jules, you've been quiet. Yeah. Let's hear about Liga Let's next. Go. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com -E slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. League uh Jules. James. Lots of questions for you, actually. Really? Yeah. Amazing weekend, to be fair. Was it an amazing weekend? Yeah, incredible. What was the most amazing thing about the weekend in Ligue 1? Oh, it has to be the Lyon-Montpellier game, yeah. which I think is the greatest game in all, all the five leagues this season. I don't think yeah. you be able to beat that. Benjamin Lecomte face à Alexandre Lacazette et c'est dans le fond et ça fait 5-4 et les Lyonnais qui vont l'emporter après avoir mené été mené 4 à la 56 e minute et croix du play. Montpellier team in form they beat Monaco Fournier last, last weekend mm -hmm. the weekend before mm -hmm. uh, and they were 4-1 up after 55 minutes in Lyon up. Yeah. where it looked like the fans were going to go mad Lyon still hoping to get 5th place right but this so defeat had to really put pay to those hopes today. They, they had to win. That's why they right. had to win. Yeah. So they were four one down with yeah. half an hour to go a bit more. You're thinking, okay, There's this no is way they're done. coming back from that. No, even Laurent Blanc said that's it. I made changes because I, you know, had to do something. Right. But I didn't believe in it. Alexandre Lacazette, on the other hand, he believed. He believed. So he says now. Right. 
said like he always felt like the crowd could be behind them and they could come back. So they scored. He had his this. scoring boots on, didn't he, Joe? He had mm. his scoring boots. You know how much I love that. Shooting expression. boots. Shooting boots. Shooting boots. Uh, incredible Lacazette, who's 32 years old. Let's not forget. Yeah. Who scored his first quadruple in his career? Yeah. Really? That's ever, the first yeah. time he's ever hit four yeah, in a game. Four ever. He's up to 24 now in the league. Uh-huh. And scored the fourth one and the winning one to win 5-4 in the 10th minute five of all time. Four. We mentioned Schalke in the 12th minute. It was 10th minute, the 100th minute of the game, a penalty that he very cleverly got as well. Mm. That was maybe not so much a pen, but the, the ref gave it. And in top corner. And amazing, really, because you're 4-1 down and to come back like that is just crazy. Now they're only three points behind fifth place and Lille. Um, so they believe again that they can just fifth would be not great, but it'd still be better than no European football next season. So well done to Lacazette. And in a way, I feel a bit bad for Eli Wahi because the Lacazette quadruple kind of overshadows a bit right. the other quadruple of that game. Right. Scored by the young Montpellier. Yeah, striker. so when they were 4 1 up, all four of those goals have been scored by 20 year old Eli Wahi. Yeah, who's an amazing talent. Is he? He's not new. Yeah, he is. And uh, he already scored 32 goals in Liga in his career, which at that age, only Mbappe had scored more. Mm. So he's got a great future. German clubs, as they usually do, are already quite keen. And and other clubs as well, even in Italy. And, and because he's just very good, he's, we're not too sure how he would respond to playing in a bigger club because Montpellier is his hometown and this is the only club that he's, he's played for. But he clearly has great, great talent. Dejan Lovren, who now plays for, for Lyon, said after the game, um, I don't know if he really didn't know the name of Eli Wahi or if he just didn't want to. I don't, I don't know why, but he said, that striker for Montpellier, that kid... <laughs> He's so disrespectful. Right he just scored four goals past you. I know you won the game, but he still you made you humiliated you by scoring four goals. So that that Montpellier striker, that kid is really good. You know, he's got everything. Yeah, you know, he has, he has, and it, it's the uh, second time in French football history that two quadruples are scored in the same game. Wow! Wow! The first one was 1974 when Delionis and Carlos Bianchi both Carlos scored Bianchi. four. Yeah, for Reims and Nice at the time. I remember Lucarelli and Girardino doing that. In Italy once, right. they both play, scored four goals in a game. In the same game? In the same game. Lucarelli and Gilardino, I think. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, yeah. Gilardino, who got Genoa promoted. Yes, he did. This um, weekend. Benevento, not so much. And their fans... But the good one is, is... Did you see Oh, this? yes, the bus. Yeah. The ambush. So they're, they're speeding away from the game in their team bus when these minibuses flank them at high yeah. speed on the motorway. And the ultras inside start attacking the bus. Yeah, not good. Not good. The other team we should mention is Bari. Oh, yeah. Is Bari a third? Are they well, in Liga? No chance. <laughs> they are owned by Aurelio De Laurentiis. Ah. And they are run by his son. Oh. And Bari could get promoted. Ooh. So after Napoli winning the league, yep. Bari could get promoted. But, but, they, that, to sell. but they would have to sell the club. Mm. Like Salernitana. Like Salernitana. That was you know. a smooth operation, I remember. Yeah. Anyway, back to France. No. Well, that was... Uh, incredible game, really. That was incredible. I had yeah. a question here that somebody sent in. I managed to lose it, but it was basically, what does that say about Mbappé if Lacazette is level with him in the scoring charts? I don't think it says anything about no. Mbappé. I just okay. think that Lacazette is... In a team that is not playing well at Lyon, where they changed manager, that it's just not... It's not working for them. They've got talent in Cherki and Barcola, who... He's the 20-year-old winger who gave three assists to Lacazette at the game yesterday. And Barcola, who is a Bobby. Know, born and bred. Bobby, Bobby Barcola. Bobby Barcola. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley. Bradley, yeah. yeah. Okay. Who grew up with posters and... and uh, posters, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah posters. Yeah, posters yeah. of Lacazette in his, in oh, his yeah? bedroom. 
to play with him now and they're 12 years apart and now to even like provide him with assist and goals is pretty special but it's still to score 24 goals in a team like, it's a bit like Harry Kane with Spurs in the Premier League mm. in a team that is not playing well not really functioning well to still score all those goals is, is really remarkable and I mean like a you know what I think. He's my boy anyway. So Okay. Sasu Heine was with the question. He actually, Sasu, he's sending questions for everyone. Here's one for Rafa. Yes. Dortmund home form versus away form. Are they the Man United of the Ruhr? Why? Question mark. Why are they so bad away from home? It's hard to say. Okay. They definitely harness the energy of uh, Westfalenstadion very effectively. As we saw on Sunday, James. Mm. Game that you yeah. might have seen with a, from the corner of your eye. Indeed. Uh, 6-0, they destroyed Niko Kovac's Wolfsburg. But yeah, away from home, very poor. Let me just very quickly dig up, United, dig up the away. Yeah, so at home, yeah. they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. 40 points from 15 games. Away, not that bad. Fourth best, 24 from 16. And that's why they're only one point behind Bayern Munich. Just that one point. But that yeah. one point... Would they have had that one point if they had that penalty last week? Do you remember that ah. big controversy? But look, they need to win three games and hope that Bayern slip up. Right. They made a start uh, winning that fourth game that they had to win. And now it's down to Bayern and see what they can do. Are we going into neatly into no, a bit of a No, we're going into another question chat? from no. Sasso who wants to ask Alvaro a little love for Barcelona Femini? Champions with 27 wins out of 27 games this season. Three more games to go. Can they make it? 30 out of 30. Of course they can. And they've got the Champions League final ahead of them against Wolfsburg. Mm. And Alexia, uh, the Ballon d'Or, is uh, back as well after oh, uh, yeah. having a very bad injury. Yes, she's back. She played uh, only the second half uh, the other day against Real Sociedad. But yeah, that's, uh, that has been the best side uh, or one of the best sides in Europe for a long time. And uh, a little bit of kudos for Barcelona. And let me tell you why. Because they've got five professional clubs. Basketball, mm-hmm. football, futsal, handball mm-hmm. and women's football and they are topping uh, the table in the five different sports no way yeah 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 the club is doing very well this season maybe not in europe you know Bar- barcelona men's but uh, domestically all the professional clubs of barcelona are uh, are going to win their leagues that's extraordinary that's yeah. extraordinary sasu's got a question for the hairy james Four different champions in four seasons. Is the league very competitive because no team is great? Yeah, that's you, James Professor. Is that good or bad for the league? I mean, it's good, isn't it? So, so let me just step in there. Is that good? How would that not be good? Because the league's dysfunctional, I suppose. No, right. Uh, I think, you know, it should be the envy of every other league mm. at this moment in time that you have four different champions in four years. And it means that lots of different fan bases believe, which means lots of fans are going to games. We've seen attendances at City games boom. Boom. Since uh, COVID restrictions uh, were removed. And I think that's because fans believe. Believe. And, uh, you know, it's... City still has some deeply systemic uh, problems. Uh, there will be another podcast which will exclusively focus on this. Oh, yeah. Coming out on the Athletic Football Show. Who is in it? It's with James Horncastle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. What are you going to be talking about? Oh, that one, James? It's pretty this deep. question. Oh, why okay. if you have four title well, winners in four? I'm going to listen to that. When's it out? I don't know. It's sometime this week, you but we're recording week, it just immediately just after this show. Tomorrow, on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Wow. On Tuesday. Can't wait. Okay, well, let's get back to Ligue 1, Jules, because yeah. also this weekend you had uh, the... Is there a question for me or no question for me? 
Oh, did I not give you a question? No. Yeah, yeah, we started with you on one about Lacazette, to which uh, I kind of got the, I got the, the gist of that wrong. Sasser was actually saying Lacazette is level with Mbappé on league goals. What does that say about the Marseille guy? Ah, manager. Ah. Yeah, we know the Marseille yeah. guy. And says so Sasu, would Mbappe be an average Premier League forward? It's very disrespectful no to just call it's him the Marseille guy, no? No. Yeah, it is. But what's what's interesting is oh, yeah. that the top goal scoring charts uh-huh. in Liga is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. So you've got Mbappe like at the twenty-four, then Jonathan David from Lille twenty-one. Yeah, Lacazette's on twenty-four as well. Yeah, yeah. Openda nineteen. Diallo from Strasbourg on 18, Balogun mm. on 18 at Reims, uh-huh. then Wahi on 17, Terem Mofi and Nice on 17, Ben Yedder on 17. He's of the big five I mean, leagues, this is on. the best. We talked about it, I think, with Alvaro the other day yeah. on how goal scoring, uh, f- goal scorers, even in Italy, were maybe just not there and things like that. And in France, we've got abundance of them. Good luck. This season, it's not always like this and it's uh-huh. not, it doesn't mean that the leagues don't abuse me. I don't, I'm not saying this is the greatest league. I'm just saying that in terms of them scoring, them goal scorers are in really good form this season. Well, that's good news. Hmm. Had some uh, goals scored in the game between Lens and Marseille. Amazing. Three of them, in fact. The, the kind of best of the rest derby, this one, no? The battle yeah, of the second league spot. Playoff. Yeah, Because unless Juventus right now wins the Europa League, then that would mean the third in Ligue 1 will go straight into the Champions League group stages next season. Aye. If you were finishing a qualifier for the Champions League. Um, other, other than that, the third one will have to go through the qualifiers. So this final between Marseille in second and Lens in third uh-huh. was very important, of course. And Lens winning in an incredible atmosphere, the Stade Bollard, with a goal from Seco Fofana, Paris born and bred, of course, to open the scoring for Lens was very good. The intensity, as we expected, was great, I had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, they took an option. There's still four games to go, but they took an option on that second place. Thank you for ticking that on my bingo card. We're still looking for Kareem the Dream, but I've got... Uh, you we know, had it, didn't we? Yeah, did we have Kareem? We did, yeah. Oh, I missed that. I made all the excitement. Yeah. Three years ago, we were still in Ligue 2 with some of the same players that are here now, said Lance manager after that. Yeah, Frank Hayes, who was not the manager, by the way. When? Well, I mean, he was, but then, yeah. you know, he, he took them for the good part and the promotion. And then they're just doing amazing and the fans deserve it. It's an incredible club. Their owner... Uh, Joseph Hugolin as well, and, and all the, the work that they do in terms of recruitment, in terms of improving those players individually, collectively, the style of play that they have is wonderful to watch. So I really hope they qualify for the Champions League. They deserve it. All right. Even if it would cost Marseille the automatic yeah, place. Yeah, uh, I understand. A uh, quick word on Paris Saint-Germain, who, yes, went to Troyes and beat them uh, 3-1 uh, without Lionel Messi. Yeah. Where are we at now with that? He's back at training today, yeah. but on his own because the squad is not, he's not training. It's a day off. Okay. Uh, every day is a day off. Every PSG. day is a day off, you know. Uh, <laughs> and we're not really sure exactly the suspension, how long it will be or not. The club really appreciated the apologies. Yes. Came down really, really the well. The production values. So yeah. heartfelt. Yeah. So heartfelt. There's a, a lot of really good memes. Is that you say memes? Memes. Memes, yeah. memes on, on social media. <laughs> on how it happened. <laughs> Guys just holding him with, the, you know. But anyway, it was still... It's still Strings. Hostage. Pop on the string. Oh, all oh, right. Pop it on the string, right. It's still appreciated anyway. Okay, did the fans appreciate it when they went to uh, the club and shouted, Messi, son of a bitch? Uh, they, they, they also turned up at <laughs> Neymar's house and shouted, yeah. go away, Neymar. <laughs> yes. What? Go, yeah, f- and get the f- out. Yeah, they were not happy <laughs> with any of them. Jules would never do this sort of <laughs> thing. Never. And Neymar Jules. was in his house as well. And, you know, no he's going to have a baby, another baby. Um, and 
Whenever I see Neymar in his house, he's always got headphones on. He's playing video games. Right now, you're is this why? why? He's got headphones. Yeah, <laughs> but he still heard because he posted was saying like they just left. They just they were outside my door. They just left. The ultras were there. I, I don't think it's acceptable. Really, no. I, you can be unhappy with your club and some of your players. You you can't do things like that. Mm. Um, Brian Guithoy says, "Where do you see Neymar playing next season? And Messi too? Can I throw in? Yeah, yeah. I think that Messi won't be in Paris. We know that mm -hmm. now." It's, Pretty clear. Uh, I think he's waiting to see the options on the table. Right now, there's only one. It's in Saudi Arabia. If really? Barca can work out the only offer he has now, yeah, is from there. Mm. If Barca can work out something financially, uh, it's still a long, long. Because there's long a story shot. that he's willing to take a third, uh, the two third cut in his wages in in order to go back to Catalonia. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's still, still, it, could not. still not it, enough. It's, it's very difficult yeah. because um, Barcelona has to reduce 200 million. Uh -huh. um, Gabi and Araujo haven't extended their contracts right. and they are very young. And Mateo Alemani, the mm. only one who actually knew how to negotiate La Liga rules very well, yeah. is gone. He's gone. I mean, he will work well, for Barcelona uh, this he's summer. Leaving, yeah. yeah, he's leaving. He's he will work for Barcelona this summer, but his contract expires on the 30th of June, which I don't know how much commitment he's going to show anyway. So, you know, Messi going to Barcelona, I still think that it's a very difficult one. That's a long shot. So then you have Inter Miami, you've got... I don't know, maybe other clubs are going to come forward, but right now, that's it. And for Neymar, PSG will try to sell him like they did last summer. Mm. But he's recovering from uh, ankle surgery. He hasn't played since February. He earns 40 million euros a year. Woo. Plus a transfer fee, even if PSG, I think, would be quite adaptable on the structure of a potential deal. How old is he, Jules? He was 31 in February. Oh. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Alrighty. Thank you, Jules, for that league roundup. Yeah. Next up, that's right, Europa Conference League semi finals. You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Europa Conference League semi finals, everybody. We've got uh, Fiorentina against Basel, and we got that West Ham taking on AZ Alkmaar. AZ who? Well, here with the AZ of Alkmaar, Mikhail Jongsma. Let's talk about AZ Alkmaar and what kind of opponents they're going to be for the Hammers on Thursday night. Fresh from a goalless draw in Amsterdam with Ajax at the weekend. Yeah, and many people felt that AZ didn't really dare to push Ajax to the limit uh, and kind of settled for a, a goalless draw there because AZ, they haven't really been in the in, in great form recently, but um, in the last few weeks, they've really picked things up a bit, uh, obviously knocked out uh, Anderlecht in the Conference League before. And it's just, they have a really good good setup there with, with a lot of young talented players and um, uh, and one especially remarkable player in Jordi Klasi who uh, after not making it at Southampton really looks his old self again there in midfield. Mm. Other familiar faces to Premier League fans include Stoke defender Bruno Martins and uh, of course the former Brighton netminder Matt Ryan. What, what kind of game plan are you expecting from Alkmaar uh, against uh, West Ham? I think that they will really try to 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 surprise West Ham in transition. Uh, they have quick attackers. They they hope that Jesper Carlsen, who in my my opinion is one of the most talented wingers in the Eredivisie, will be fit for the game. But even if he's not, uh, Myron van Brederode is a very talented young player. 
They've got um, very industrious uh, attackers in Jens Odgaard, uh, who is a, a former Sassuolo player, and uh, Fangelis Pavlidis. Um, and they will definitely make the West Ham defenders very uncomfortable with just constant movement and pressing. And um, yeah, it's 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 definitely um, yeah a big challenge to face a team like West Ham for AZ. In the league, they look comfortable against most teams. Uh, but they have shown before that they can really lift lift themselves up when they are presented with a challenge because they were uh, quite quite impressive against Lazio uh, earlier this year as well. Mm, indeed, they're currently sitting fourth in the Eredivisie, only a couple of points outside uh, the European places or third spot. Looking to reach here, AZ, they're only the second ever European final. They made it to uh, the UEFA Cup final in 1981 but, but were beaten by Bobby Robson's Ipswich. How, how excited are people there? Uh, in the municipality of Alkmaar then about uh, this colossal European fixture? Well, I think that the people there will feel that they have actually already won a European final this Ooh. year, given their success in the, U- the UEFA Youth League. Um, as that are a very, as I said before, a very good setup. The youth system is incredible and has, has produced a lot, of, a lot of great players. But yeah, this is definitely a really big, uh, a big thing for the club. Obviously, as that being quite near Amsterdam uh, is, is in, in the shadows of, of, of Ajax and, and, and the other big teams in the Netherlands most of the time. And this is really a time for them to, to just step out and show show all what they can do uh, in Europe as well. And um, yeah, very, very excited. And I think they, they feel that they really have got a chance here as well, because even though West Ham uh, did manage to win over the weekend, they haven't really been in the greatest of form this, this, this season. And Although they look to be safe in the in the Premier League right now, they they might have to at one point uh, make a bit of a decision in in what competition they will prioritize. Mm, indeed, so all right, looking forward to that game on Thursday, and then at the weekend we might see Arnie Slot's final finally wrap up the title. Yeah, that is what everyone is expecting. Um, there there was even a chance of that happening last weekend, but PSV managed to. To win away against Sparta, Sparta also a Rotterdam team, so I think Feyenoord was really hoping that their city rivals could do them uh, a service there. Uh, but they have to do it in their own stadium against Boat Eagles. They play ahead of PSV, so uh, they they can clinch it all on their own. Um, and it's just very very impressive what what Feyenoord and especially what Arne Slot has been able to do there because they have had to replace so many players. Um, and they have uh, in Ajax and PSV two two very talented uh, teams as as competition for that league title. But whereas uh, Ajax have been quite a quite a bit of a mess, and PSV have lost a few key players. Um, it is fine, or that even though they had the similar issues, uh, have just ro- rose above that level uh, completely. And um, by the looks of things, they might even surpass uh, the points tally that Eric Ten Hag had in his last season uh, with Ajax, and that's just incredible when you consider um, yeah the different yeah setups in terms of, of how far the clubs are in their uh, in their development and in general in financial muscle as well. All right, looking forward to seeing them in the Champions League then next season. Mikael, brilliant stuff. Uh, look forward to as well. Do you uh, bring us up to date on that title when it finally arrives? Will do. <laughs> Woof. Alvaro, which one are you going to watch from the Conference League? Are you going to watch AZ Alkmaar at West Ham or Fiorentina Basel? No, the first one. Oh. I'm more interested in West Ham United, definitely. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What about Fiorentina Basel, though? Hey, James. Fiorentina Basel. Hey, James. Mm. Yeah. 
Fiorentina were scoring a lot of goals until the weekend. Yeah. They are the Conference League top scorers. Mm-hmm. The but... man. Yeah. And, and Arthur Cabral, who is joint top scorer in the Conference League as a, as a player, facing his former club in this. That is true. Cabral, who was rested at the weekend, along with a couple of other starters for Fiorentina, like mm. sort of Biragi, um, whose uh, set-piece delivery is really good. But yeah, I mean, great season for Fiorentina. They were the most improved team last year under Italiano. They got back into Europe for the first time in five years. And okay, they are a distance between... They're the best of the rest when it comes to teams that are not in the European places at the moment. But that's because they put a lot into going far in cup competitions. So they're two games away from reaching the Conference League final in Prague. uh, And they're already in the Coppa Italia final as well for the first time in a decade. Wow, yeah. So, you know, Italiano, the coach there, has done a remarkable job. Year on year, he raises the bar wherever he's at. You know, he's got promoted from the fourth division to the third division, third division to the second division, second division to the first division. He kept Spezia up, got the Fiorentina job, got them into Europe for the first time in five years, and now he's got them into a Coppa Italia final, and he might get them into a Conference League final. So that's a pretty good body of work, James, I think you might say. Yeah, certainly better than Alex Frey had a buzzer, which is why they fired him Mm. in February. He's been replaced by uh, Heike Vogel. Vogel. How's that? Vogel. 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 Ben Vogel. Exactly. <laughs> Former Bayern Reserve and youth team coach. That Heiko Vogel. Like Ten Hag. No. That, yeah, Ten Hag did that, didn't he? Yeah. Is he the new Ten Hag, Raf? Can we already start writing the athletic long reads about that? No, he's the sporting director who's just moonlighting mm. until oh. I find somebody different. All right. Like Todd Bowley. Correct. Nice. Very good. All right. Now, I'm not going to say there aren't other things we could discuss in a Euro roundup. But producer Charlie says he's got quite enough. Thank you. Yeah. He's (laughs) fed up. So we never uh, really talked about the Bundesliga properly. We didn't really talk about the Bundesliga, no. But there'll be other weeks. There'll be other weeks to ask this on, on behalf of Tommy Stats. Do you think this Napoli team will be stripped for parts? We'll come back to that one next week as well. Ooh, yeah. cliffhanger. And what's the prognosis for Sampdoria going forward, says Steve McBain. All sorts the of other players questions. were stripped wow. for parts, weren't they, after wow. the celebration? Which parts are they going to be stripped for, though? <laughs> they might yeah. just be left with a, a pan with some pasta and potatoes. Wow, you know, that's neatly brought full circle. Thank you so that. much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bingo. It's going to be a huge midweek. And uh, delighted to be so informed as we head into it. Thanks to you guys. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Alvaro. Thanks, Rafa and James. Enjoy your trips. And listener, enjoy your week. We'll be back next Monday, Tuesday, something like that. Have a great time and we'll speak to you soon on the Totally Football Show. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an Athletic Media Company production and sponsored by LiveScoreBet. Get the latest football betting odds at livescorebet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.